The MLS season is already a third of the way through, and some unexpected MVP candidates are beginning to emerge. Today, Felipe Cardenas takes the reins of the show and goes over some of those candidates with the Athletic Sam Stayskull. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Tuesday, May 24th. Okay, hello, this is Felipe Cardenas. I am joined here today by my colleague. You know him as the co-host of Allocation Disorder, Sam Stashkel. Uh Sam, hello, how are you? Felipe, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I, I'm actually, I thought it would be great to get you in here to talk about early MLS MVP contenders, but particularly to get you in the in the guest chair. You know, kind of move yes. you away, move you away from the yes. the responsibility of leading the conversation of and all that, and just like get you in here relaxed and ready to have a strong opinion about some of these candidates that we're going to go over. So, how does how does that sound, Felipe? The audience can't see this because this is not a visual form; it's an audio media. But um, I've, I'm just kind of rolling my shoulders out. I just feel lighter. You know, no piano, just just no piano, no piano is on my back. I'm just being asked questions and I get to scream and shout and do whatever, whatever the heck I want to do. So, yeah, I feel liberated. That's why I hit you up, because I knew that would be be a different (laughs) challenge for you. Uh, A lighter assignment, but still an important one, because, uh, you know, I I think this is an interesting conversation to have. It's early in the MLS season, but it's never too early early to start talking about MLS MVP contenders. So. Here's how I did this, um, and we can sort of uh, we can we can play it by ear. But I've broken this up into a couple categories, three total categories. So we've got goal scored. We'll touch on each category briefly, but I'm going to break it up into the, the goal leaders as they stand, uh, assist leaders as they stand currently in MLS, and then shot creating actions. And the reason I chose shot creating actions is because I think that tells you, uh, it paints a picture of like, who are the playmakers in this league right now? They, they might not be scoring the goals, but they're leading those, those sorts of plays. Uh, and those are, the, those are the players that I like, honestly. So that, that's the category. Let's start with goals, goal, the goal leaders right now. Um, I've got five per category. Um, if you look at the goal leaders currently, we've got Jesus Ferreira from FC Dallas. He's got <laughs> nine goals. Uh, Sebastian Driussi. That's a tough one to pronounce. Driussi. Driussi. Terrible pronunciation there. But, uh, Austin <laughs> FC's DP and uh, the favorite for a lot of people right now has eight goals currently. Adam Buxa, who I like a lot. New England's number nine, seven goals on an absolute tear right now. If you didn't see the goal he scored over the weekend, wasn't it like the top play on on Sports Center? I think it was. They mispronounced. I, I didn't. I didn't see that. They mispronounced his last name though. But that's what they typical. Busca. Busca. Uh, yeah. 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 That's it's typical of Sports Center and soccer. Well, uh, says the guy who just butchered Driussi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then our, our final, uh, this is actually a top four list. Tati Castellanos, NYCFC's absolute baller, seven goals right now. And so there are actually five additional players that also have seven goals. Jeremy uh, Ebobise. No, that's not how you pronounce his last Ebobise. name. Ebobise. Ebobise, correct. 
San Jose's talking leaving. all that mess, Felipe. <laughs> Look at you now, Bobas. This is this is what this is what I get. Right, people have butchered my name for years. And now I'm just getting everybody back. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Gazdag from the Philadelphia Union. He also has seven goals. Jesus Jimenez, Toronto FC, seven goals. Georgie Mihailovic from Montreal also has seven goals. And my boy Brandon Vasquez from FC Cincinnati also has seven goals. So those are our goal leaders. Which name, Sam, jumps out at you as like sort of a front runner for MVP and maybe a surprise? Out of those guys or am I free to pick from the entire board here? Take from the entire board. If there's someone that just okay. obviously is is Well, I'm going to pick one of those guys anyway, so I don't know why I even asked. It's Georgi Mihailovic for me. Okay. Um, I think he's had a really excellent – I mean, he has had a really excellent start to the season in Montreal. He's had a really excellent start to life in Montreal, even dating back to last year. He's been really good for them. Coming off a trade from the Chicago Fire that at the time, I remember being like, wow, that's a lot to pay for – that's a lot to pay for Georgi Mihailovic. Um, I think I kind of criti- criticized the amount. Um, but it's a trade that was needed for the player. You know, he grew up in Chicago. He was a homegrown for the fire. And I think sometimes guys that are on homegrown contracts need to leave in order to really find themselves as professionals. Get out of their comfort zone. Kind of learn how to be more of an adult off the field. And, and really just focus and hone in on what they're doing on the field. So I think he's really benefited from that. You see him called up to the latest USM MNT squad. He'll be, he'll be with the team here over the next few weeks um, as they play a couple of friendlies and a couple of nations league matches. But I think he's been really good. And when I think about MVP Felipe, you know, one of the things you have to think of is the meaning of the V right. Mm. Valuable. How do you define that? And I think if you took Georgie Mihailovic off of Montreal, there would be a pretty significantly worse team. Yeah. And I don't know how many, like, you could definitely say that about Carlos Heel, but the Revs aren't off to a good start. Montreal is. So, I, I don't know. I think I think I like him right now as yeah. my current leader. I think Driussi would definitely be in the conversation, though. Uh, I love Tati Castellanos as a player, but it's hard to project him to win MVP when I don't think he's going to be around in MLS for very much longer. True. Um, so, you know, I think I think for me it's Georgie uh, with Driussi probably next in line behind him. Yeah, I mean, Tati Castellanos can't stop sending messages to Marcelo Gajardo. The dude is crazy to play. He just wants to play under Marcelo Gajardo at River Plate. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see know. He might want to play in the Premier League a little bit more, though, depending on who you believe. It's so. tough. It's tough. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, when I look at the list, I think Tati Castellanos is like just one of the best players overall in this league. He is a, a guy in form. He's super confident. I love he, how he has like a competitive arrogance to him that I think MVP should have. Uh, but I, I agree. I, what I like about Mihailovic is that he is this a playmaker. He's not a goal scorer. He's a playmaker that is actually just scoring goals because he's getting himself in, himself in good positions. And, and those are the types of players I like. You know, Drusi as well. You know, he's proven that he's the player that uh, was going to come into this league and just pick up where he left off. He was very good at, at, at Zenit in Russia. He's very good with River Plate. He, the way he plays now is the way he's always played. So I'm not really surprised that he's up there with eight goals uh, and sort of leading the charge as an MVP candidate. Books, as I mentioned before, uh, you know the, the classic pivot number nine, it's always good to have one of those guys up there because you know that he's doing his job and he's doing it right. But hey, what about Jesus Ferreira? The is he a nine? Is he a false nine? Is he a second striker? Well, he's Who scoring cares? goals. He's scoring, he's scoring goals. goals. He's got nine <laughs> goals. Yeah. And and what a story that would be 
if he can continue to do this and would he, I mean, he would be the first MLS homegrown to be MVP, right? I mean, that's that would be insane. Yeah, he would be, unless Georgi Mihailovic gets there first. Although ah, technically, he wouldn't be doing it with his original team. So, you know, not quite the same level of accomplishment, I guess, if you wanted to call it that. Um, but yeah, he's been incredible. I, again, another another deal that I was questioning at the time it happened. I remember being like, well, you didn't really need to pay Jesus Ferrer all that money. You didn't need to give him a DP spot. Couldn't you have just given him a million dollar raise? instead of a million and a half and kept him on a TAM contract. Yeah. And, you know, I still think that line of thinking has got some validity to it. Um, but he's certainly producing to a level commensurate with his new deal, which is a designated player deal. He's been excellent for Dallas. I'm really interested to see what he will do with the USMNT in this next window, because this is very, very much a guy who we could see starting in Qatar at the World Cup, the way things are going for the US at that position. Uh, so, excellent form for him he's playing in a system that is not dissimilar to greg berhalter's in dallas nico estevez the head coach there of course was a usmnt assistant under berhalter before he took that job in december he was an assistant with berhalter in columbus even before that so you know very familiar with that sort of setup um so yeah ferreira has been excellent i'm just not quite sure he's going to be able to maintain this pace there's no great shame in that this pace is pretty awesome um so we'll see. Although one thing I want to add on Georgie Felipe, he might be a guy that could theoretically move in the summer too. So if he does, that just kind of adds a layer to the MLS MVP conversation, particularly with where the league is now in terms of selling more players abroad. A lot of those guys go in the summertime and that might mean a guy who is in the, in the front running for MVP conversation in the first half of the season. Well, he might no longer be if he gets moved abroad. Well, another thing, and this is, we're going off script here, but it's true. Like, perhaps we're past the days of the MVP scoring 38 goals and just crushing the league like Joseph Martinez. Well, that's literally never happened. Well, so are we past those days? He was close. (laughs) The days of Carlos Vela and Joseph Martinez just tearing up the league, scoring 30 plus goals, winning everything. You know, they, they've both gone through injuries and they've those, that layoff has allowed other players, the league even to progress in a different way. So perhaps we're seeing a, a shift here in the MVP race. What sort of player that becomes, and what their what the numbers stack up to be. Perhaps it's not these, you know, the, the thirty plus goal seasons, and more of what you mentioned about like is the team in form? Is the team winning? Are they leading the league? Well, is this a valuable at, player? If you look at MVP, it always goes to a guy on a good team. Always, Carly Seal won last year. The Revs had the most points in MLS history. Alejandro Bozuelo in 20. I think Toronto finished second in the East that year. I think second in the Shield, too. Vela in 19. LAFC ran away with the Shield. Joseph Martinez in 18. Atlanta won MLS Cup. Diego Valeri, 2017. Timbers. I actually don't remember how the Timbers did that year, but... Uh, I don't either. I was going to ask you, if you if you were to nail the 17 <laughs> guy, I mean, that, that yeah. that's going back. But, but David Villa in 16. Javinko yeah. in 15. Keane in 14. All these guys played for good teams. Really, you go back to 2013. Mike McGee with the fire who did not make the playoffs that season. Um, but he won the golden boot is sort of like maybe the last guy. So you're to- saying, are you saying Brandon Vasquez can't win MVP? No. Why? Cincinnati's in playoffs. <laughs> they're in the playoff no, places listen, right now. He's going to be my dark horse because they're playing well. And I think he's just going to keep scoring. But if I had to choose and let's, let's move on from the goal scorers. You yeah. like, I like Castellanos. He might not be here. So if I'm going to stick to my guy, I'm going to say Drusy. 
Who was who was your pick of the goal scorers? You went with Mihailovic, correct? Yeah. I all right. Did. All right. Yeah. Mihailovic for Sam. I'm going to stay with Drusi. I think he's going to just keep scoring. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right. So the assist guys, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time here. Uh, we, we've got Diego Fagundes from, from Austin, which is a surprise to be leading the league with seven assists. Excellent uh, season for him. Yeah. He's, he's really come around from, I think his, what, where was he in, in New England before? Yes. Yes. Didn't really go that well for him. Like another guy, I think like Georgie Mihailovic needed a, yeah, needed a, a change of scenery. A, a change of sceneries. Yeah. yeah. So Carlos Hill, Carlos Hill right now, seven assists with New England. So and then a couple, I think he could, I think he could work himself in, into contention, but the revs need to climb up the table in a yeah. big way. Uh, he'll won the MVP last year. And I think unless the revs results turn around, he's going to have a hard time winning the award this season. Maybe he can sneak onto the best 11 again, though. Uh, I think that's a real possibility for him. Excellent player. So I agree. You know, I think they obviously had to had the dual competitions that did not go well for them as far as where they are in the standings. Uh, he Although has some- that's that's giving them a little bit too much slack, I think. They only played two games in CCL because their first series they won over the Haitian team by forfeit because they, <laughs> they couldn't travel to the United States because of visa issues. And then the second one against Pumas, you know, we know how that went with, with the choke job. That, yeah. that occurred down in Mexico City. Still, there's a lot of there's a lot going on when you're planning to play two sure. competitions, and and we do agree. Like I saw Carlos Hill here in Atlanta recently in person. He is an excellent player. I still think he's possibly the best player in MLS right now, and he may not have a killer season statistically. And so let's just jump Although to that. He, he's doing pretty well thus far. No, I know. Like that, that's yeah. why he's still a top player. And for me, having seven assists, despite what we've just discussed about New England sort of struggling and needing to climb the table, that tells you everything about Carlos Hill. It also says tells you everything you need to know about Adam Book. So the fact that they have a nice little tandem there. Um, if we continue with assists just quickly, Christian Espinosa has six assists from San Jose. Omir Fernandez with Red Bull New York, six assists. Gregus, Jan Gregus from Minnesota has six assists, and Santiago Rodriguez has six assists for San AMC. Jose for Gregus. Is he on San Jose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Um, again. So, again. That's what so, I'm here for. <laughs> and it, it, I think that just leads us to this final category of shot creating actions because this is these are the this is the this is the spot for playmakers. Uh this is the spot for I think where the dark horse a guy that may not be leading in other categories may sort of climb into this race for MVP. Right now, the leaders in the league for shot-creating actions are Lucho Acosta from FC Cincinnati has 76 shot-creating actions. Carlos Hill, who we just discussed, has 72, and he's actually leading the league with 6.35 shot-creating actions per 90. Bebo Reynoso, Emmanuel Reynoso from Minnesota, 71. And then we've got Lucas Celebrejan and Carlos Vela with 59 shot creating actions. So I brought this up because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here, but I think the playmakers are way too important to disregard just because they're not prolific goal scorers. So you who just do you love, like? You just love a 10, Felipe. I do. You just I love do. a number 10. I'm going to keep uh, them alive as long as I'm here. It, looking at that list, is there someone that stands out that could be, again, mentioned down the road in the MVP race? Lucho Acosta, for sure. 
Like, he's making it happen for Cincinnati. He's been excellent pretty much all season for them. They're scoring a good amount of goals. Um, they're way higher in the standings than they've been in their history. Uh, and, and he's the main reason for that, in my opinion. Um, he's been one of the best players in the league. I, I think I would probably have him ahead of Carly Seal in my MVP rankings right now. If you wanted to, if you wanted to break this down and do a power ranks, he might be third behind Mihailovic and Drew for me. Uh, he's been excellent. And, and really, he's been good since he came back to MLS with Cincinnati, and it's been nice to see. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's not super creative to go with the top guy on this list. Lucho's um, been good. He's been really but he's, good. But he's the top guy on this list for a reason. <laughs> it's, be, it's because he's been really good, like you just said. So, yeah, that's the one for me. Okay, I agree. I, I mean, I, I really like Lucho. I think when you, when you talk to people that have watched him play a lot, whenever I talk to Pablo Mauer about Lucho Costa, who we saw up close at DC, he's always like, he just tries things in games and he's really fun to watch. And when he's actually accurate and he's, he has a goal score in front of him, he can be really, really dangerous. Uh, I'm going to ask you this, Sam. You, you look at this list at the bottom of this list with 59 shot creating chances uh, or actions are Lucas Celebrejan and Carlos Vela. What do these two players have to do to truly be MVP candidates. Because again, Carlos Vela, he's always going to be Carlos Vela in this league. He can dominate a game if he wants to. He could go on a tear if LAFC goes on one. He's going to be ahead. And we all know what Lucas Celerajan can do. He's a a former MVP and MLS Cup winner. Uh, Columbus is struggling though. So what do these players need to do to get up into this conversation? Two players we know are very good. Well, for Vela, it's just consistency. You know, you mentioned when he wants to, he can be a dominant player. It's just wanting to more. <laughs> um, you know, like he, he's got to turn it on. Like that, that's pretty much it. And he fades in and out and he'll have one week where he scores a hat trick like he did in the opener. And I think it was like 30 minutes and then he'll fade for a few weeks and you won't see a lot from him. And that's not what like an MVP does. An MVP is there every single week. So if he wants to win that award again, like he did in 2019, when he put together maybe the best season in league history, um, then, then he needs to just be more consistent. Um, is he going to be that guy at this stage in his career? Probably not. No. You know, I think I think he's sort of past it um, from a wanting to perspective. Um, and, and so, I don't know. I think they'll rotate him in and out of the lineup a little bit as the season goes. I think they'll try and save his legs. And then maybe he'll try and kick it into gear on a week-in, week-out basis once we start to get a little bit closer to the playoffs. I could see that kind of happening. So, yeah, that's that's the one for him. For Celerion, I mean, it's more – Columbus hasn't been good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line here. They're yeah. just not good right now. And, and, and if you're going to be on a team that's struggling – like you need to put up otherworldly numbers if you're going to be in this conversation. And his numbers are good, but they're not great. And they're not necessarily even that sustainable. You know, a lot of his goals have been long range or free kick. And, and I'm not sure that he can kind of continue that pace. Um, so they're always yeah. colossus though, man. They, like- they are. And, and, and he's incredible at yeah. that. Right. But like how off, how, how much can you really count on that being a replicable thing? I don't know. Um, And with Zellerion, I want to see a little more, honestly. Like, he's been solid this year. But during his time in MLS, he had an amazing, amazing run in the 2020 playoffs. But other than that, he's missed a a decent amount of time with injury and hasn't really got it together, at least not in a way that elevates the crew into a really good team, apart from that late-season run when they went on to win MLS Cup. So I guess he got it pretty good when he did get it, so credit to him there. But... 
I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little harsh, but I would love to see a little bit more from him. No, I mean, I don't think it's harsh, but I think we, we can agree that it's there. It's there and it is early, but he's behind it as far as the race goes. So let's end it with this one. Is there a player that we have not discussed that is not on any of these leading assist goals and shot creating actions lists put together by so many different websites? Is there anyone that deserves a shout that we haven't discussed? Felipe, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. And, okay. uh, and this this isn't, you know, the, I'm not the only person who's saying this. Matt Doyle wrote it in his column today. But Dane St. Clair has been oh, so good a for Minnesota. A goalkeeper. He's, if you look at the, the metrics, right, expected goals against and goals against, he's like basically saving half a game, half a goal more per game than expected. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's crazy. And, and like if he if he keeps that up, it'd be like the best mark in MLS history. And and you talk about half a goal a game. That that's a number that's, that can that's a number that can change an entire season. If you get a league average goalkeeper in there, well that's you're probably talking 10, 15 points over the course of a year. Maybe even more. That's a huge amount. And so if you're if you're going back to that discussion that we had earlier about pure value in terms of points added, right? It's hard to beat that. Um so I think he deserves a little bit of love. Certainly for best 11 and goalkeeper of the year discussion. And if you want to be bold with it, maybe MVP. It's a good, it's a great shot. I, I mean, that would be, I don't know if it would be historic. It would definitely be a huge, a big, big deal if a goalkeeper won one MVP. Has that ever happened in MLS, Sam? Do you know? Um, Tony Miola did once upon a time. I can't remember okay. the year. Okay. Probably about 2000 thereabouts. I think well, it was two. I mean, look. if a goalkeeper yep, is going to win MVP, it's going to be Tony Miola. Let's just be honest. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, I like the shout. My, my shout, and I'm just going to do this because I still feel bad about last season, but my guy is going to be Hani Mukhtar. I feel like last season he had an MVP season. And when we did our reviews and our picks and all that, like I didn't have him as my MVP. Uh, I was doing best 11s and I was like, where do I put him? And I, and in the end, I'm like, why did I even think twice? This is a very good player. And the more I watch him play, the more I realize not only how good he is, Henny Mukhtar, but how important and how valuable he is to Nashville. See, I don't think they are Nashville without that player. I think they would be a good team, but they don't have that difference maker, the guy with the it factor. Uh, and that's my guy. That's the player who I think if, you know, Nashville's going to be good. They're, I think they're going to be good enough to have a decent season and be in the playoff hunt uh, in, in the West. Uh, and so I'm going to go with Hanny Mukhtar as my guy that we have not discussed and could be a dark horse MVP candidate. I think it's just going to be hard for him because Nashville doesn't create enough. Yeah. Like, like he is kind of like their entire attack in a lot of ways. And it's just like a hell of a burden to put on one guy. Um, he's an excellent player. Don't get me wrong. And I think if you put more pieces around him, he would really, really shine. Um, but I think it's going to be tough sledding for him to win MVP after the first after the first start. Not first half. We're not at the halfway point yet. But after the start of the season that, that he's had and that Nashville has had. Yeah, he needs a partner. You know, perhaps Sapong is it is he is he the partner that Sapong's he needs? Sapong's done well, you know, but like just. Just the way they play. Yeah, it's you know? different. Like, it's different. Yeah. It's, I mean, but again, I go back to the fact that there is a an example here of him being at that level and Nashville being the team that was able to propel a player like Hannah Mukhtar, who I think MLS is lucky to have. Uh, 
So, Sam, I think, I don't know. I don't know if we've solved anything here, but I, I think definitely what we know is that everything. <laughs> we do know that there are candidates uh, and there could be some surprises. I love the shout for a goalkeeper. I think that would be really cool for MLS. Uh, but again, I think we know what MVPs come down to. It's going to be goals. It's going to be who's the best team in the end. Uh, and we don't know that yet. I think there's still a lot of soccer to be played. But hey, it's never too early to debate. So with that, Sam, how was it? Did you like being the guest? How did yeah, I do as I did host? Like it. I, I, I thought you did great, Felipe. I'm excited to hear more of these from you going forward on Soccer Every Day. I also think we know one other thing. My preseason prediction for MVP of Joseph Martinez <laughs> ain't going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that was a tough one. I remember I was like, wow, bold. He's going all in with Joseph who you never know what Joseph can deliver, but yeah, that injury, that injury did not help. No, it didn't help. So sorry, sorry, Joseph, but you've got a fan in, in, in my boy, Sam, uh, <laughs> until next time, guys, thanks for, for joining us on soccer every day, Sam until next time. Thanks Felipe. All right. Thanks so much to Felipe and Sam for that. Before we go, a TV guide for today, all times are Eastern. It's really just a big night in the Copa Libertadores. We're starting to end the group stage, decide which teams are going to the knockout round, which teams are going to the Copa Sudamericana, which if you don't know, that's basically the Europa League of South America. Basically, teams that finish third in their groups go to the Sudamericana and first and second, just like the Champions League, go on to the knockout round. There are two windows of games tonight. First, at 6.15 p.m., we have Nacional versus RB Bragantino and Velez Sarsfield versus Estudiantes. All four of those teams are in the same group. And if I had to choose a game between those two to watch, I would choose Nacional versus RB Bragantino. Velez and RB Bragantino are tied on five points in their group, but Nacional was only one point behind, even though they're in last. Like I said, these groups, you know, there's a lot to be decided there in terms of who goes to knockouts, who goes to Sudamericana. And basically, you have three teams, uh, two of which have five points, one of which have four. Two of those teams, Nacional and RB Bragantino, are playing each other at 6.15 p.m. on BN Sports and Espanol. The other game, Vélez Sarsfield versus Estudiantes, will be on BN Sports at the same time, 6.15 p.m. Eastern. The second window of games is at 8.30 p.m., and if I had to choose one, I would choose Palmeiras versus Deportivo Táchira. Palmeiras is having a great Libertadores. Táchira is looking to lock up a spot in the knockout round. That will be on BN Sports. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.